Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, where relationships expert Judy K. Herman and her guests share insights that can help you move through conflicts in your 9-to-5 jobs and your 24-7 lives. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. Three reasons to pause. Sanity for leaders and their families. Tim and Adele Richardson have been a couple since 1987, and Tim is a nationally recognized leadership sales and service speaker who's been entertaining and engaging audiences for over 30 years. Adele is a stay-at-home mom who homeschooled their six children, and they recently became first-time grandparents and someday hope to lead couples retreats. Let's listen in as we talk about the three reasons to pause, sanity for leaders and their families. I'm so glad, Adele and Tim, that you are my podcast guest today, and I want folks to get to know you. Um, I met both of you, I don't know, about a month or so ago at the Georgia National Speaker Association chapter meeting. And Tim, you're, you've been a professional speaker for many years. I was very blown away by the message that you gave us all. And then just talking with you too, I really wanted to have you on my show because there's so many folks that need to hear your message about the pause and especially about raising six kids, homeschooling them. You've got a whole life ahead uh, to share with us, but maybe you can give us the Reader's Digest version of your story, how you began, and where you are right now. I'm going to let my beautiful wife start with that question. Well, we have been together 35 years. Um, Five of those were before marriage. We've been married for 30 years. We met through a mutual friend, And then I ended up asking him out on our first date (laughs) and we spent the entire day together, um, started very early in the morning with watching him do a triathlon. And then it ended up with a Hawaiian dance for my college sorority. And that's all she wrote. I mean, we've been together since that day, April 18th, 1987. What what I really like to tune into when couples tell me about their history, when one is sharing their version of the story, I like to see what the look is on the other one's face to see. <laughs> and I see that smile. So that's really cool, Tim. And uh, share your version if there's any more to share about that. He loves the idea that I'm the one who asked him out, right? I love it. And what I even love more about it, it was her mother's idea. Yes. I had just bought a new Jeep. And I was at a wedding with a sorority sister of, of hers. And for some reason, if I said, let's go buy Adele's. And so we, you know, again, we had met, we'd known each other for yeah. three years, but there was no interest on either party. And so we drove by her house. It was about nine or 9.30 at night on a, on a Saturday night. What college student is even home on a Saturday <laughs> night? Hey. And she was home and her parents were there. And so we left. 
and she was talking to her mom and said, some point I need a date from my last sorority party because she had a boyfriend. He was out of town. And so she said, why don't you ask that Tim guy? He seems like a nice guy or something to that effect. So I fooled my mother-in-law from the get-go and I'm still fooling her today. <laughs> and we wouldn't even call it an arranged marriage, right? No. <laughs> and it happened to be April 18th, which is my favorite day of the year. My grandmother who shaped my entrepreneurism and my love of serving greatly was born on April 18th on the day of the great San Francisco earthquake. And it also happens to be the day that Paul Revere rode through the streets of Concord yelling those famous words, the British are coming. And Paul Revere is my favorite US historical figure. So all of those reasons, April 18th is a really, really special day, my favorite day of the year. That's amazing. I learned something, Tim, about all of that. Did you know that ahead of time, Adele, that this was all serendipity because of April the 18th? No, not <laughs> I certainly didn't know about his grandmother, you know, on that day, nor Paul Revere. <laughs> I might have learned about Paul Revere years ago, but no, but it is a special day. And we we celebrate it every year. We oh, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. So ask this question, Judy, but one of the things that I would say to any couples listening is you find dates, not just your wedding anniversary, but other dates that are significant in your relationship and marriage, and you honor those because there's things we look forward to every year to to do something fun. And a couple of years ago, Adele surprised me, I guess it was pandemic time, and she set up our front porch really cute on April 18th, with a little tablecloth and wine and 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 left me a little note and, you know, one of the things that I think we value in our relationship, and I tell any particular entrepreneurial couple, is to never lose that desire to date one another. Mm. That's part of our marriage and our relationship is, is to surprise each other, we, even with little things like that. It, it means a lot to, it means a lot to me. And I, I think the things I do mean a lot to her as well. That, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I've had previous um, podcast guests talk about what does make long-term marriages, you know, vibrant and authentic. And that's, that's beautiful because celebrating like that, Tim and Adele mental health wise is really good for you as well. So mm -hmm. I love it that you do that, but that was actually one of the things that I was impressed with you two about here. You are Adele sitting there, seeing your husband on stage, speak to all of us eager, um, developing, um, speakers, and I, I just loved the energy that that the two of you brought at that, you know, at that event. So then finding out that you had homeschooled or you raised or you birthed and raised and homeschooled for no, six kids, six kids. And that now I'm talking to the two of you and you're still smiling and you celebrate even <laughs> those moments. Like, how does that even happen? <laughs> good, good actors. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you got six kids. Uh, what are their ages? Um, they range from 26 to 13. Okay. We've got so, boys and then four girls in the middle. Okay. Gotcha. So how many are actually at home? Still? Two now, only two. This is, this is a whole new world for us. To We're just have almost there. We're <laughs> yeah yeah so four are out and thriving and two are in and hopefully thriving we think they're thriving and we're still alive to tell it so. well how did you maintain your I will say coupleship so to speak how did you maintain that 
Well, Tim, you're going out on the road speaking, and Adele, you're a stay-at-home mom. And how did you, well, I mean, you did share one thing about celebrating, but how did you maintain that that sense of couplehood or coupleship that you you have? Well, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to add that whenever he travels, he does a great job of reaching in every day, reaching back home every day. And he not only wants to talk to me, but he wants to talk to the kids. And so mm-hmm. he'll he'll call at a time when they're able to come to the phone. Um, so that's that has helped tremendously with his travel schedule. Mm. That's um, great. I would add too that early on, even before we had kids, but particularly when we had kids, because I know how hard it is when one person's home and taking care of everything that we decided on a reasonable number of nights that I could be gone per month. Mm -hmm. And so we did that. And then as the kids got older, I took them, I've taken them all except our youngest yet on a daddy business trip. So A, that takes one person out of the equation, but it also gives them a sense to be, to be and to see what I do and to, to have an opportunity to go somewhere fun and, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm able to stay oftentimes at some nice hotels. And so the kids get to see, you know, what goes on. And so that's been really, really fun for them and for me to take them on trips. And audiences love it when they see a, you know, young preteen or early teen kid, you know, sitting there. And particularly my oldest was very computer savvy and he would set up my computer for me. And and he's traveled extensively with me um, all over North America. So Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, it's nice for the kids to see what daddy does, you know, otherwise they really, you know, how often do children not even know what their fathers do? So that was, that was a good thing. I would say that's probably a very good field trip, homeschool experiences that you've given your kids over the years. Yep. That that shouldn't be reserved for homeschool families. Anybody, any of your couples listening, if you're an entrepreneurial couple, you need to do your kids a big favor and let them into your world and let Mm. them you do and help them understand you know there's bring your daughter to work day bring your son to work day whatever those days are acknowledge those and have your kids be a part of that so they can see what you do and be open about the conversations I mean we're open when when things we have to tighten up a little bit we're open with our family about that and I think that's a very cool thing and you know I grew up with extremely entrepreneurial grandfather and so part of the reason I am doing what I'm doing is because of the role models that my grandparents displayed for me in both of their volunteer work and my grandmother's case and my grandfather's case, a lifelong serial entrepreneur. Wow. Well, that's exciting. That's really exciting. So yeah, I wanna I wanna kind of shift into your your theme, at least this stage in your life, Tim and Adele. Tim, you speak a lot on taking the pause. I'd like to know the story behind how that theme is important and passionate for you right now. Maybe you can even define what is the pause? I mean, as entrepreneurs and and busy business people and just doing the daily grind of life, raising kids, yeah, we, we go, 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 and we don't think we can pause, but share with us about that. So I heard two questions. I heard one defining what the pause is and the second question, how did it all start? And I'm going to start with that question. So um, as probably most people listening or watching this are going to remember, we had quite a long pause in our country Mm. from early 2000 to really into part of uh, this year. 
And so for almost two years, I did no work, zero, mm. no speaking engagements, no on no income whatsoever. And about halfway through that time period, I got involved in a group, a mastermind group, and I actually participated in, for a short period, three different Zoom calls weekly. Mm. And at the end of one of the calls, I hung up the phone and I thought to myself, it's a no wonder we have a problem getting speaking engagements. Everybody on this call, and there were probably 15 or so people on that particular call, does exactly the same thing. If you were to draw a circle around leadership, which it happened to be the topic, everybody touched on that in some way, shape, or form. And so these three words popped into my brain, and it, it only could have been from God. That's the only thing mm. I can fear, because mm. I'd never thought them before. And the words mm. were creating sane workplaces. And so what I realized for people who were working regularly, they were working longer and longer hours, the, the, the distance between home life and work life was totally gone because many, many people, as you know, were working at home. Mm -hmm. And what I heard is people were working till nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, because you know, they go have dinner with their family, then they go right back into their spare bedroom or the dining room table or wherever their office was and continue working. Yeah. And so what I realized, A, I had more of a pause than I wanted. And that coupled with the people who were not having a pause at all made me realize how important it is because it's in that pause, in that white space, in that time frame that some of the best and most creative ideas come. Mm. And if you and I are work, 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 working without having time to stop, take a breath, literally take a breath, look around, listen, check in with people we care about, people that we love, then we're not going to have new ideas. So mm. that's where it all came about. And, and, and I think I've defined it in that moment as well. It's a pause can be something as simple as just stopping for a moment and saying, what's next? Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll oftentimes, if I have a problem I'm trying to solve or looking for a creative spark, I'll just get up and, and walk around, go out and we live near some, trails and woods. I'll go walk on the, on the trail in the woods. I'll take the dog for a walk. I'll uh, play the piano. I'll play the piano, you know, anything that can break the cycle of thinking temporarily mm. to give yourself and your brain an opportunity to have an extended or maybe even a short break. So that's how I would define pause. I love that definition and hearing that too. And you're absolutely right. We, we have all as a global community, have have had to take that pause the last two years during the pandemic and 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 it's interesting how one I, I know of a lot of people who wouldn't go back to the way it was it's kind of like you squeeze a tube of toothpaste out you and and you realize you know you're you're slowing down long enough to be living your life and taking those pauses and I think that's so very important I resonate with that on on a lot of levels and also, Tim, it's it's interesting, Tim and Adele, even as we have this conversation, to take time for a pause, like pause for a moment. I I learned how to do that too. I mean, I didn't always used to do that in my counseling, but early on, I would think I'd have to fill up space when really I needed to allow my client mm. to take to really think. I'm thinking you have to do that as a speaker as well. Very important, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's important in anything that you do, particularly if it's a, a communication of any kind, you know, um, I believe it was Mark Twain who said, uh, 
nothing is ever as effective mm. as a rightly timed pause. Mm. You think about anything that you do in life. It's certainly important for communicators, but it's important for everybody mm. to pause before you say something. We would we would save so much mm. just to stop for a moment and pause and think. All right, how is this going to be received by the other person? Am mm. I being kind in the way I'm delivering news that I might need to deliver? Am I angry when I say that and so forth? So just take, taking a breath before you do something or say something big and think about the outcome. What do you, what's the desired outcome? Who's going to be impacted by this? How is this message going to be heard by them? And we all know people hear very, very different things. So, and then when you've said it, you pause to give an, the other person an opportunity to respond, which is a very, very, very difficult thing to do, particularly for those of us who are communicators. Say it and shut up. Well, let me ask you, Adele, how has Tim's awareness and this pause and what he speaks on, how has that changed your relationship over the last couple of two or three years? I I think there is a, a calmness. Um, we're able to enjoy some pauses together, which has been nice. Lots of walks together. Um it's not as go, go, go as it used to be. So it's been a positive thing, a real positive thing. And I think she would agree. I fight the go, go, go nature. Having a, a, a maternal grandmother and a paternal grandfather who were just go, 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 go all the time, both of them. That were, mm. Those were my role models. And people want to know, why, why can't you sit still? I, I just thought it was normal. I thought that's how people live their lives and it's not, and it's not good. And the, one of the biggest things Adele has taught me is just, it's okay to be still. I remember early in our relationship going to uh, events or dinner or over at her parents' house and they would literally sit around for hours and do nothing. And that's like, okay. I'm if like, let's go windsurfing. It's okay. It's okay. But I'll, let's go windsurfing. Let's go to the beach. Let's go for a run. Let's go for a. I wanted to be doing, and they were. They were. I was busy thinking about doing, and they were busy thinking about being. And mm. I think that's an important distinction to have when you think about a pause. You mm -hmm. know, you want to do, but you also want to be, and you're more present when you pause. Absolutely. What you two are describing is is a very common dynamic, honestly, with the couples that I've seen over the years is uh, one's more one wants to be a homebody and the other is very sociable. Go, go, go. So. <laughs> so you have influenced each other. You've influenced each other. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And And tell me how that's affected your parenting as well. Like how how have your kids. Are, do your kids like kind of fall in one of those two categories, go or <laughs> laid back? I think so. Yeah, we've we've got a mixture. Our our oldest is kind of, I think, uh, tooled like a lot like me, and he would be benefit from hearing some of this message as well. And I think in the the, the big thing in terms of parenting is for me because I I have a tendency something happens I want to address it right then and there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, particularly if they do something that makes me angry. That's not a good time. It's never a good time when you're angry to discipline or to have a, a conversation with your your spouse. And so it's one of the things that I try to do more of and and maybe ask a few questions and trying to understand before rolling out the the 
parental punishment, punishment or parental <laughs> death <laughs> statement. <laughs> That's great. Any more to add to that, Adele? You must be, this might must be a breath of fresh air for you, for your husband to be pausing these days. It is, it is nice, but we really, I, I think about our children, you know, the, the six children and, and how there definitely are some, I guess more of the girls are introverted like I am that really mm -hmm. just kind of just love being home and, and, and just get their energy from that and just being in a, a home space. And then we've got, you know, others that can't get enough of go, go, go. So mm -hmm. we've got a nice variety, I think. And I think they probably learn from both of us and maybe grab what they want to from each of us and yeah, can kind of change their outlook a little bit to push themselves. Think bit. how boring life would be if the two of you were too much alike, you know? So you oh, got right. this yin and yang. Oh, and we have and, so uh... much fun. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be exhausted. <laughs> um, I'm curious, can you share a, a, maybe a place of transition that you've gone through? And maybe in reference to the pause as well, maybe when you didn't pause and you missed something or... You, you went through a real challenge either in your marriage or in parenting. I like to, I like to just, you know, let people know we're all real. <laughs> you know, we go through our stuff and, and we don't automatically get to this place of, oh, I need, need to take a pause. Right. So, yeah. Well, I, so vulnerability here, the, uh, this is our 30th year anniversary and both during this anniversary and our 25th anniversary were particularly difficult times for us times when you should be celebrating a milestone. Um, I, because of my personality, go, 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 do, 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 and because I like to get up early and I like to accomplish, I like to get things done, you know, that can affect a person who's also ADHD, which I am, um, their sleep. And so my sleep patterns have not been regular. It's, it's almost like the Olympics. About every four to five years, I have difficulty sleeping and mm -hmm. I wake up thinking and I get way too much on my plate. And then when I do, I become a little more irritable and not as uh, pause oriented, not as slow. In fact, everything speeds up. Mm -hmm. One would think when you're tired and exhausted as my body and mind were, you would slow down, but the opposite happens. And I speed up and everything becomes very, very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And not only was I wearing myself out, but I was wearing Adele out certainly and some of our kids as well. And mm -hmm. so you know, being able to take a step back from that. And now that we're kind of through that, that time to look back on it and to realize what warning signs exist. And I would say that to any, any couple, particularly an entrepreneurial couple that works together, you've got to have some guidelines for the relationship. You've got to have some warning signs. It's like, you know, that warning sign in your dashboard comes on alerting you. There's mm -hmm. something wrong. You need oil. Your tires are not, uh, and it'd be great if I had a warning sign, you know, visibly on my body, but, you know, Adele in part is that warning sign. And I think, you know, she would check in with me. How are you doing? Did you sleep okay last night? And so I think if we can can be that for one another, particularly if you're, again, you're working together, mm. you've, got, you've got to have those, those boundaries and those parameters to be able to say, you know what? It's time to stop. We need to end for the day and we need to go out or we need to have a quiet dinner together or go for a walk and not talk about work. 
And so I think in particular, that's where Adele is really, really good, good for me in that she, she sees what it could be if we don't have those pauses, those breaks, those boundaries. But again, I think that's important for any couple. Absolutely. Actually, that, that really goes back to what I've written in my book that our relationships are like mirrors to you. Like we have these blind spots and we need to have that kind of partnership and level of trust so that you can be willing to uh, be seen or or be willing to know that you've got blind spots, that your spouse sees something in you that you can't see in yourself. So you really spoke right to that, Tim. And another thing, I did have Melissa Orlov on my program. Actually, she's episode one. She's um, She spoke on ADHD in marriage. So mm. it's really cool. I so appreciate you sharing that and that that can be managed, that can be uh, workable. And having that kind of partnership in your marriage is so important. So that's great. Let's let's talk about at least three things, three reasons to pause. Because the name I I call this episode three reasons to pause. Sanity for leaders and their families. I'm thinking if you don't pause, you're going to have some insane times. And um, yeah, so what would be those three? I know there's probably much, many more than three, but when you came to speak to our chapter, I was doing a whole bunch of writing and I'm thinking, oh, this is so good. But anyway, maybe we can boil them down to three for our listeners. So I'm going to give you two groups of three. The first is um, when to pause. And as you think about what you do in your career, the thing that I focus on is how do I pause before I do this big thing? So Mm -hmm. we'll take speaking, for example. So I pause to write content and to tailor the message specifically for that audience. I pause to make sure I dot all the I's and cross all the T's uh, in the engagement. Or is, if I'm using AV, what AV? Am I having a backup plan? Do I know my audience? Do I remember the names of people that I can use in the audience in appropriate ways to engage them in the presentation? So we want to pause before. We want to pause during. Um, I have a kid. A, a tendency again to do things quickly and I speak quickly and I think that people can can track yeah. with me but that's not always the case <laughs> so I need to pause to make sure that the message is landed and pause pause to make sure that that I'm checking in with people and if it's a big audience I'm checking in by simply looking making eye contact with them and then I want to pause after I want to pause after to have time with the people I want to make sure that I don't book myself on a flight out, if I'm flying somewhere or, or speak and leave, I really, really don't like that model. And that used mm-hmm. to be, me. I was anxious to get home, but if somebody has paid me a lot of money to come speak for the organization, I want to honor them after the presentation and make myself available. And then also for reflection on my own, how did it go? What do I need to change? Where did people laugh? Where did they have the aha moments and so forth? So you want to pause whatever you're doing before, during, and after at those three points. I want to hold that for just a moment because the image that comes to my mind, Tim, as you speak about this is like when you, when you pick up a book and you read it, there's, there's chapter divisions, there's paragraphs, there's periods, there's the white space around the page, the margin, so to speak. And that's the image that comes to my mind when you're talking about taking these kind of pauses. No, that's interesting. I, I have an open book in front of me and I never even thought about that before, but um, anyway, I have something I might be able to might share later on that I've read that you're sure you're familiar with. Awesome. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's number one, just pause before you're writing or any, any kind of a project, yeah. both before, during, and after. Right. So those are the times to pause and the types of pauses. I think obviously a mental pause is a very good pause. We all do that every day, a spiritual pause. Mm-hmm. We should also do that every day. And then a physical pause. Mm. I, I I teach a process called, I call the six by six rule. I'm not sure if I mentioned that or not when we were together in Atlanta. Yeah, but, you did. I, I thought six, it was really awesome. <laughs> and each of those six pauses, I think, fit neatly into that mental, spiritual and physical. So if we're doing that as business owners, if we're doing that as couples, if we're doing that as family, we can fire on all cylinders. But when we don't do that, you know, that's when the problems occur. And so I I used early in my career the idea of a a pie shape or a wheel. And if you think about the spokes of a wheel, like on a a bicycle or motorcycle, and each each of those pauses represent something that fits into the the mental area. Are we reading? Hmm. Are we listening? Are we learning in the spiritual? Are we taking time for self-renewal? Are we taking time for inspirational or or religious reading or Bible study or whatever our our angle is? And then the the physical aspect, are we exercising? Are we eating well? Are we getting enough sleep? All of those are spokes on a wheel that if if we have those things roughly in in the right order, in the right sequence, we're going to be so much more effective in our marriages, so much more effective in our roles as parents, as a relationship with friends, and certainly as as business owners as well. I love that. I I think of the pause too. I mean, for me personally, what I do is this deep breathing. I have done a lot of this probably over the last year, year and a half, more than I have ever, is have a, a regular meditation practice and doing you know, deep breathing. And I actually help my clients do this as well. And it does something. I think the pause is definitely involved in that, taking deep breaths and being tuned in to one's body. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Anything to, that's on the uh, top of your mind, Adele, as we talk about this? Um, well, one thing that I have practiced, I think forever is when I wake up, I will lay in bed truly for a for a 20 minute or more pause. Mm. And I just lay, I love to see the sun coming through the window. Mm. Tim gets up so early, he doesn't see the sun. <laughs> I like to see the sun come through yes. the window. Um, and I just, I think about my day, I, my time to do um, a devotion and it, I just, I kind of plan my day before I, my feet even hit the floor and my day goes so much better when I allow that time, that mm. pause to do that mm. um, on days. It's rare that I have to set an alarm, but on days that I set the alarm and I have to get out the door and I don't have that time to kind of mentally plan my day, it doesn't go as well. It mm. really, Yeah. So. I mean, I know that there's some that p- folks that are raising small children and busy moms and they get up in the morning and they may not have had very much sleep the night before because their child woke up or whatever. They had one throwing up and, and but taking time, even if it's five minutes, right. like, yeah, just right. taking deep breaths, light a candle if you can, but just take time and be with yourself. Um, even looking up at the sky, you like looking up at the clouds. That's really cool. Yeah. Are there any other thoughts that you have? Like what would be maybe, um, Closing thoughts that you have for those that are listening. Um, well, yeah. Any any um, closing thoughts that you just want folks to leave with? 
You know, I one of my tenets of my six by six rule is to read six books related to your profession each year and six books that have nothing to do with your profession. <laughs> and I'm reading a book by Brene Brown called Dare to Lead right now. Oh, yeah. With her work, as well as John Gottman's work. Oh. And I just read the other day a section where she was talking about Gottman and his ability to predict uh, successful versus failing marriages due to four different criteria is a marriage absence of criticism, defensiveness, stonewalling, and contempt. And so since these are married couples, <clears throat> I actually added the fifth horseman in there, uh, Tim, FYI. <laughs> One of my podcast episodes is about it, but uh, yeah, a fifth one is isolation, I believe. But go oh, ahead yeah. with with a, uh, yeah. I'm glad you're familiar with Gottman. He's good. Well, that was a pregnant pause there to uh, let that message land. But anyway, I think you know um, isolation is a, a great fit for that. If if and think about that too in terms of your business as well. Mm -hmm. If you have any of those present when you're dealing with your clients or your customers, you're going to have difficulty. And so you can take that same content that Gottman talks about in marriages and apply that to, to your dealings with your, your coworkers and certainly your spouse if you're in business together, and most importantly, the customers who pay your bills. Absolutely. This is great. Thank you so much for being here. We've just gained a lot. I mean, yeah, the three reasons to pause and just mentally, spiritually, and physically being involved in your life allowing your spouse to to be a mirror to you. That's great. How can folks get in touch with you? Well, they can reach me at uh, Tim at TimRichardson.com. I'm, I'm not active on all social, but I'm very active on LinkedIn. Also recently got into TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, Tim Richardson, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, I think I'm on Instagram as well. Somebody else does all that for me, but uh, <laughs> in a very tiny bit. I usually post the, the content on Facebook as well. So any of those uh, places you can get in touch with me and hopefully someday relationships with timandadel.com or something similar. I think y'all are really ripe and ready for that. Honestly, <laughs> I would you. love to, to support you. Yeah, Tim and yes, thank you. This yeah. So keep up the great work you're doing, the great pauses, the great influence that you're making in other couples and in your audiences. And um, thanks so much. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. After taking a pause to reflect on our conversation, I for sure am more aware of the value of the pause. Here's some takeaways worthy of reflection. Number one. I love that Tim and Adele show us the importance of celebrating significant dates beyond birthdays and anniversaries. Number two, it's interesting how the effects of the pandemic brings attention to our need for pause on a regular basis. And then number three, taking time for deep breaths and pauses before, during, and after our focused work helps us be more self-aware. What resonated with you? Be assured that I read every comment from those who share their takeaways by filling out the form on the website, betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. And I would absolutely love to hear from you. And you can also go to the website to the red tab on every page that says, Ask Judy. 
and I would be glad to bring on some guests of interest to you. So next week, we'll hear from Adam Niemer, who will share with us how to create psychological safety in the workplace. And in the meantime, please share, subscribe, rate, and comment in the streaming platform of your choice. See you next time on Better Relationships, Better Life.